1: Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name's Tom Arvin, Senior Technical Editor here at Bikeradar.com and MBUK Magazine as well. Joining me in the podcast studio is Rob Weaver. He is our Technical Editor-in-Chief. And joining me by the power of Zoom is Al Evans. He is Bike Radar's other Senior Mountain Bike Technical Editor. How are we getting on, guys? Good, thanks, Tom. Al, you good? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Very happy, excellent stuff. As we can tell, the power of Zoom is not quite so powerful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for any over chatting that goes on. Uh, Rob, what have you been up to recently? Well, you and I and
0: Al, in fact, have all been away in Italy uh, shooting the finalists of Bike of the Year. So we got to see some sunshine, some dust, lots of rocks, bit of gelato, little bit, quite a lot of, of lot of pizza, lot yeah, of pizza. A lot of pizza. Some controversial topping choices, yeah, but we were. won't we won't go into that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, writing, writing Bike of the Year, which is arguably the least fun bit. Do you prefer to write Bike of the Year or request all the bikes for Bike
1: of the Year? Ooh, uh, write it. Yeah. Really? Requesting the bikes is uh, pretty painful. It is, it can be. Okay, and uh, you've got a little bit of a ride coming up this weekend, I believe?
0: Yeah, yeah, just a, a quick sort of... Jaunt out uh, the Dirty Reaver. Right. Tell yeah. us more. Well, I've never done a gravel event. Okay. I'm not doing the full 200. Mm-hmm. I, I did actually ask to do the full 200, but uh, the person I'm riding with requested specifically that we did not do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I don't necessarily get the full experience. So I'm doing 130k. Uh, just a mere tickle of the Kale de Forest. Yeah. I think the the only thing that I'm kind of daunting about is just driving up there. Mm. Just because the last time I drove up, uh, in fact, to go riding with Al, uh, it took me 11 hours.
1: So, nice. I'm hoping it doesn't take quite that long. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's quite a long way to kill, it. Yeah, Al, what are you up to at the moment? How are you getting on?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm uh, out of the Bike of the Year frying pan into the SL e-bikes uh, bike test uh, fire, basically. Lovely. So... Um, yeah, so I've, I've swapped, swapped my, uh, full power e-bikes for SL ones. Um, I've actually going to have a four bike, bike test for the first wow. time in quite a while, which is, which is exciting. Um, I won't give any spoilers away, but there's a real, real eclectic mix of models there. And, uh,
1: some, so hard-tails. Far,
2: you, some hardtails, there's some hardtails. <laughs> some without uh, BMXs.
1: some BMXs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> your girlfriend's bike. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Really um, eclectic. It's very eclectic. Very eclectic test. Very good test. Uh, actually, so far, I've uh, I've been quite impressed with SL SLE bikes. To be honest with you, um, not saying they deliver the best of both worlds, but in their own right, they're quite they're pretty cool. Pretty into it. Excellent stuff. Convert?
0: Then are you a convert?
2: I don't really know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'd probably still go full power. But if you could only afford one bike and really liked exercise, then I think, you know, Ooh. an SL SLE bike might be a sensible choice. Yeah, fair. Especially ones that you can take the battery and motor or, or battery more specifically out of and ride it without the battery Um, to, you know, shave a, a good two kilos or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, so mm, impressive stuff. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Tom? How are you? How's uh, Uh, how's life? All good, thank you. Yeah, I'm
1: towards the end of my bike of the year uh, fun and games. Uh, I'm heading to Seattle on Wednesday, so I've got a 5:45 a.m. coach to Heathrow on Wednesday morning, which I'm very much looking forward to, and then flying to San Francisco. So that'll be a nice uh, end to the week, Um, and then I'll be back straight into a cross country hardtails test. Uh, I rode one of them the other day. Very different to riding trail bikes. Very, very different to riding 150 mil trail bikes. And I'm guessing they have fixed seat posts? Fixed seat posts. Terrifying. Rigid frames, very slick tyres, spindly forks, uh, very good for crossing town. A little bit, uh, not quite wild. Well. It was just a change of scene, shall we say. Um, <laughs> it took me um, a good couple of laps of my local trail centre to sort of get myself really back in the groove of having minimal grip. <laughs> Tune in those cat-like instincts <laughs> exactly. again. <Yeah>. Terrifying. <laughs> uh, but that's going to be a cool test. I, th- I think, I'm, I'm fingers crossed, I will also have four bikes for this test, but actually all of them XC Hardtails. Uh, I've just got to wait for um, wait for one to arrive in May, uh, and I have three already. So,
0: Well, I mean, if that's not a signifier that the bike industry is... Getting
1: back on its feet after yes. such high demand, I don't know what is. Good news all round. I mean, we, we all filled out our Bike of the Year tests with eight bikes each. Mm. Um, without. I mean, I had nine in the end. Um, I think I had ten. There we go. So um, maybe things are on the bounce yes all right well then this as you will have seen from the title of your podcast on your favorite podcast provider is one of our tech q and a's and as with the rest of them this year we are focusing on one topic at a time which is why i've got two of our mountain bike tech editors with me and today we are talking about mountain bike drivetrains. so you have been sending in your questions and we will be answering them over the next 25 to 30 minutes or so so we're going to crack on, uh, and I believe this is one that maybe Rob has take is going to take the lead on. Um, so, which part of the drivetrain? And I'm, I'm I'll start that again. Which part of the drivetrain am I best off splashing the cash on? Rear mech, cranks, shifter, or cassette, or I guess chain, or maybe chain, yeah, or maybe chain, yeah, good point, or cables.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, my take on it is that for the most part. Um, as long as your rear derailleur is still functioning and does its job and is compatible with the number of gears that you want, Mm -hmm. you can kind of just leave that be. I mean, not that it's a a sacrificial part of the bike, but the chances are dropping too much cash on it and then just smashing it off if you're slightly accident-prone like a crash Mm -hmm. here or there or maybe even ride a bit of downhill. So for outright performance first, I would say uh, spending some money on a shifter yep. is a good place. So if you upgrade on Shimano, for example, you can go from something like SLX to XT where you're going to get the multi-release function. Mm-hmm. So you can dump more gears in one push of the lever, which is always nice. And I know it's something that you
1: are really fond of, Tom. Yeah, it's that thumb shit. I mean, obviously, like the, the big paddle, I think on all the shifters we'll do like f- three or four or five clicks, but on yeah when you get to XT and XTR you can do a double release on the the smaller paddle which makes it into a harder gear. Um, and it, there's something about that shifter that uh, and the way that works that just it just it's just something I use quite often which you really wouldn't think mm. about maybe when you are sort of cresting a climb and want to get into a harder gear for a bit of a sprint. Um, and also I just think the internals of the XT like the the change in feel between an SLX and an XT shifter is noticeable in its quality. So that's the other thing I was
0: going to say. So there's, it it depends on the brand, um, but you will find things like bearings used rather than bushes, Mm -hmm. which might give you a slightly nicer feel through the shifter paddle. Some of the shifter paddles in question will be made from alloy rather than plastic. Again, it eliminates things like flex and stuff like that, so it helps give you a a crisper feel through the shifter again. And then when it comes to other areas of the drivetrain, my next recommendation would be the cassette. So that's our, argu- you know, that's going to essentially dictate the range mm-hmm. of your gearing. So, um, you know, you if as long as, like I said, as long as your rear derailleur is capable of taking uh, the set number of uh, sprockets you're after, you can jump from a slightly more compact cassette and go to a wider range. So you've got a bigger lower gear, making life a bit easier on the climbs, or potentially even a smaller mm-hmm. um, higher gear just to make it uh, a bit. I suppose your top end speed a yeah. bit higher when you know when you're on the road or something like that again, with that sort of thing you've got to just make sure that um, the cassette you're looking to buy is compatible with the free hub you've got, so with uh, the 12 speed Shimano, you need to get uh, the microspline free hub, and then with uh, SRAM, you're looking for the XD driver body, so it does it can potentially cost. A bit extra, Mm. depending on what you're after. But there are other aftermarket cassettes available that will work, maybe not quite so well with both uh, SRAM and Shimano, but will offer a decent range and cost uh, potentially a little bit less
1: So when you say they don't work as quite as well, that might be sort of the the shifting might not be quite as smooth across the across the gears. Yeah, potentially, but it should still
0: work. Yeah, I think um, some brands, some bike brands now still um, spec things
1: like Sunrace cassettes. I had a couple in bike of the year. Even, yeah. yeah, three four grand bikes.
0: Yeah, and so it, it's a it's a cost saving for them to use that aftermarket brand like that. But it also, you know, it just goes to show that they still work because mm. they wouldn't put them on the bikes otherwise. What I would say, though, is if you are looking to make that switch, especially on a cassette, swap your chain as well. Yeah. Just because in terms of wear and stuff like that, it makes sense too. Um, Mm -hmm. So they kind of wear in sync rather than separately because it can accelerate that wear and deteriorate things a bit quicker. And again, yeah, changing your cables, just refreshing them. If you know, assuming you're not on wireless mm-hmm. gearing, so um, just refreshing your gate, your cables, inners and outers will make a difference in, in shifting performance. Mm-hmm. Before you go dropping too much cash, it does make sense.
1: Yeah, I guess on the cassette thing, going back to that upgrading them. If you're going to upgrade your cassette to potentially lose some weight, because you know, if, if you've got like an entry level drivetrain, especially from SRAM, perhaps if it's SX or NX, the cassettes can be quite heavy, and you'll know you've got. Well, on the sort of maybe the, the heavier cassettes, if they've got an eleven-tooth smallest sprocket, and if you've got that and you want to upgrade to a lighter weight one, you're going to have to change the freehub body because the it, basically if it's got eleven teeth on your cassette, then you've got either H, you've got an HG freehub body, and if you want to go to a ten-tooth and a light cassette, you're going to need either XD or micro spine, and that will require you to change your, your freehub. So that's kind of like an easy way to sort of know whether you're going to have to do the freehub at the same time.
0: Exactly, and yeah, those cassettes you've mentioned there—we're talking sort of five, six hundred grams mm. compared to almost, uh, yeah, almost probably, half that. Yeah, almost half that on the higher end stuff. It depends how how pricey you go, mm-hmm. but you know that sort of thing reducing the weight um, at that point on the bike in the rear wheel will as well have knock-on effects with things like suspension performance potentially. Yep. You know, lightening the back end up will hopefully increase overall sensitivity, stuff like that. So. Yeah, there's a
1: bigger impact to be felt elsewhere. Lovely stuff, um, Al. I know, sort of, you've tested a lot of wireless drivetrains. Maybe we won't go into whether you should go wireless or not. But um, SRAM for a long time have done like an access upgrade kit. So if you've got a mechanical SRAM drivetrain, um, you could buy the shifter and mech to sort of just bolt straight on, and it's obviously a lot cheaper than buying a full access group set from the off. Is that something that you'd potentially recommend, or are you sort of a big fan of the cables?
2: um i, I think it, i guess it depends uh what your aims are i suppose and, and maybe that's a good starting point is ask you know you need to ask yourself your question the question what is your aim from this upgrade is you trying to save weight you're trying to increase performance do you want different gear ratios do you want the shifting to feel nicer um and i suppose from there you can kind of answer your question i mean depending on how much budget you've got like rob just said a shifter is really probably the best place to look in terms of improving the feel of your drivetrain Um, If you've really had enough of gear cables and you can't be bothered with routing them for your frame or changing them, then yeah, absolutely, a a wireless upgrade is, you know, it's it's a no-brainer for those people. Um, In terms of performance, I think if we're just talking about the Eagle drivetrain system, which is um, the non-transmission, the non-T-type version, so all of the current gen until the recent release, then performance isn't a huge amount better it's definitely better but it's not vastly different um from mechanical stuff especially when you start getting to gx and above Um so maybe your money is best spent elsewhere um, and if you want to upgrade to a full t-type transmission which is the latest generation one then unfortunately you're going to be looking at chain cassette chainring, derailleur um, the only thing that's basically cross compatible is the shifter so you're in for a a fair old chunk of cash there. So there's no no more, no access upgrade kits currently available unless you've already got the T-Type, uh, other bits and bobs.
1: Lovely stuff, Al. Thanks for that. Okay, well, we'll move on to the next question. Um, am I shooting myself in the foot if, on my next bike build, I look away from the Shimano SRAM Duopoly? I see TRP has a new, drives, uh, new group set out and the likes of MicroShift attempting price-wise. Al, you've tested a few non-SRAM and Shimano drivetrains. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I have. Um, and I, I think I think the, like, the simple answer is uh, you're definitely not shooting yourself in the foot. Hmm. Um, if you fancy it, 100%, go for it. I mean, performance isn't necessarily as good. So when I tested TRP's TR12 uh, drivetrain, which was actually just a derailleur and a shifter back then, this is pre the most recent relaunch- launch. Um, you know, like shift quality wasn't amazing. It was a bit stiff. Um, but generally speaking, it wasn't too bad. Um, MicroShift's Advent X, on the other hand, really offered incredible performance for the money. Like it, it, was, it was really good stuff considering how cheap it was. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think just because there is a duopoly, you know, don't disregard them if you've got access to these things and maybe a local bike shop sells them. Um, particularly Microshifts Avent X, I'd say why not go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, quite a lot of times um, SRAM and Shimano cassettes will work with Microshifts kit, and the same with TRPs. So you know you might not be looking at a full a full system upgrade to to change to change to a different brand. Um, so you know, say your bikes come with a Shimano cassette. Well, chances are have it that it will work with Microshift and it will work with TRPs kit. Um, I guess the only thing that, you know, I wanted to kind of err on the side of caution with was spare parts availability. Um, So, you know, there's a reason it's a duopoly. You go into most bike shops, most places in the world with a broken derailleur from either SRAM or Shimano and chances have it you'll be able Mm -hmm. to buy a replacement one that will work with your shifter. If you had, for example, a MicroShift one or a TRP uh, derailleur or shifter and one of them broke, are you going to actually be able to get a compatible replacement part i guess that's the biggest question yeah especially if you're
1: on holiday walk into a shop in the alps yeah do you have maybe not
2: yeah and uh, ch- chances have it you know maybe you'll be lucky and they will um but on I guess the flip side maybe not
1: it's quite the 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 mic shift one in particular as you say is pretty cheap isn't it so you know maybe if you are sort of going away on your holiday it'd be worth just stocking up on a spare mech and a spare shifter or something
2: yeah, absolutely. And I guess people do that when they when they travel away. You know, they'll stock up on spares for the most common things. And, you know, I, I can't remember the exact price, but they're maybe, what, 60 quid for, for a derailleur? Mm-hmm. Ma- maybe even a little less for a micro-shift one. Um, you know, that's an absolute bargain. <laughs> you know, you're buying two of those for the cost of, of one, you know, fairly decent SRAM or Shimano model. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? It's good to see those brands stepping
0: up, isn't yeah. it? I mean, they are really, really up against it in terms of working around all the patents that Shimano and SRAM must have, mm. but um, like I was saying, that you know it's kit that works. Yeah, that's really good value. So it's great to see that there there are other options out there. Have we had many test bikes come in
1: with any of them? I don't think I've ridden MicroShift yet.
2: I think uh, a, a few of like the more budget end, uh, and I'm talking like fifteen to two thousand pound full suspension bikes from the likes of okay. Marin, Polygon, um, and maybe a few other brands are coming with MicroShift kit yeah. fitted um but yeah generally speaking um it's kind of like the the Dior 11 and 10 speed now that's being fitted especially to bikes like Vetus and um you know that, that kind of ilk um mm-hmm. yeah m- maybe we'll see more as as kind of popularity increases it would be called cool on the road i think yeah mm. yeah the microshift especially yeah
1: Good stuff. All right, well, we'll um, we'll move on to our next one, uh, which is how... Oh, this is quite a pertinent one, actually. How long will I still be able to get hold of SRAM mechanical drivetrain parts, especially at the higher end? I don't want electronic shifting, but I prefer the SRAM ergonomics, and I don't want to put the most basic parts on my Orbea Rallon that I race on. Rob, have you been doing some digging?
0: Yeah, I asked Al earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, As far as we were aware... Uh, Stram will continue with the mechanical group sets at the higher end. Okay. Um, and the chances are we'll see uh some of the some of the tech that we've seen in the recently released uh, transmission T type stuff mm-hmm. uh feed its way into the mechanical gearing. Um so yeah, I, I think you'll still be able to buy that. I think most brands will not wanna limit themselves to just doing. Higher end stuff, no matter what, the electronic stuff is always going to cost more. Mm -hmm. Um, So, by doing that, you're just alienating a a huge group of potential customers. So, I'm sure that they'll just keep going with the mechanical stuff. I know they're definitely doing the lower end. I would, as far as we're aware, they're going to be doing the higher end too. Right. Okay. So, it's just worth keeping an eye on um, what changes are going to be made. And, um, at the most part, anyway, at least now you'll be able to pick up some bargains. Now the other stuffs come out, yeah. Um, so maybe start stocking up, right? But I'm sure stuff will will start to Still feed to into true. the market soon enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe not this year, potentially next year, though. Okay. I
2: I, th- I think maybe just to add there, if if your bike has um, a universal derailleur hanger, you may be a, a little less pressed to stock up on on bits and pieces. That's um, true. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a, a only you know we, we kind of expect this direct mount design to sort of take over across the board. Uh, we've seen Shimano's patents that have been published. There's a story on Bikeradar.com if you want to check it out. Um, and you know we're kind of expecting the the design that SRAM has spent so long building um, to transfer over to those mechanical group sets. So you know it's, it's only really if your bike it has a has a kind of an old school in inverted commas derailleur hanger. That maybe you need to look at keeping your keeping your parts bin mm-hmm. um, well topped up.
1: Do you think that uh, like a, a T type mechanical mech going to offer advantages? Al?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't see why not. Like it, you know, it, certainly the the videos of people standing on the side of their derailleurs will be uh, will be filling filling <laughs> the internet. Um, I I you know I I don't see why I don't see why it would have any disadvantages. Certainly, it should be stronger. It should have all of the inherent. Um, good bits and bobs that um, you know the the access stuff does. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be uh, I think it would be a sensible step for SRAM to make, and is is maybe even obvious. You know, you don't need to look down a crystal ball. It kind of feels like, you know, why why would they not? Yeah. Uh, it's not to say they're going to ever stop making, you know, the the other stuff for the very low end, or you know, they they might do, but um, it seems like mechanical transmission style derailleurs mm-hmm. w- will be will be coming at some point.
1: We've got a good few years then of uh, of mechanical compatibility at that higher end i don't think anyone mm. needs to be worrying then
2: yeah but i would hope not yeah
1: i think as well it's
0: kind of the new stuff is good in the sense that it sits the rear derailleur closer in mm-hmm. so you get a bit more clearance okay so hopefully you're less likely to whack your yeah whack it while you're you, while you're riding so in theory it's win-win yeah all around
1: so if we see that stuff coming in it'll be it'll be great i think mm-hmm. lovely stuff Okay, on a similar-ish note, um, our next question is, will internal gear hubs ever make it into the mainstream? What are your experiences of them? I mean, this is a question that seems perennial for the past 15, 20 years. People seem to ask it all the time because people are very, very keen on internal gear hubs for a number of reasons. I mean, first off, they their purported like, reliability. They're meant to be super, super reliable. I guess that's the main one. You're not going to knock a, a hub off its off its mount. Al, have you any any thoughts on internal gear hubs?
2: Oh, I've got so so many thoughts, Tom. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, like you said, you know, I guess they, they seem like the the holy grail of um, why haven't they? You know, they being one of the drivetrain manufacturers built built one. Why are they currently? You know, why are they still developing derailleurs? Um, I, I guess maybe one answer to that is that they kind of come and gone. You know, you've had like. The Hammerschmidt thing, Rolhoff, you've had Honda's R01 was the most famous. You know, you, you've had plenty of gearboxes and there have been reasons why they haven't cottoned on, whether that's price, whether that's repairability, whether, you know, issues such as maybe drag, excessive drag, mm. um, you know, that that now people are starting to overcome. And uh, there are a few other different approaches as well, like Lal's drivetrain, um, which has just been fitted to their first production bike, which is a Nikolai. Um, which separates the two parts of a derailleur, so like the chain tension part and the shifting part, and moves them to different points on the bike, okay. um, actually kind of removes the problem of having, I don't know, a complex, complex and in inverted commas, gearbox, but also means that, you know, your derailleur is not hanging down off the back of the wheel. So, you know, there might be some some better interim solutions before we really nail uh, the gearbox design. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but doesn't it mean that you need a specific
2: bike? Well, let's not let's not uh, let's not be yeah let's not be splitting those details splitting thing. hairs, Rob.
1: You know you can save yourself your, your 70, 80
2: quid derailleur by buying this three thousand pound frame. That makes total sense. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm in. Sign me up.
1: <laughs> I had um I had a roll off at at uni. I ran a roll off for for four years um with the sort of. The intention of basically having no drivetrain costs for the entirety of uni. I worked worked in a sweet factory in my gap year, and I was like, I'm going to treat myself, and I bought one. I bought a roll off, put it on the back of my hardtail, and it it ruined the handling and it dragged a lot, and I I ended up riding single speeds a lot at uni just because I couldn't I couldn't face it. <laughs> I like I wasn't there, there, There's a time and a place when, but on a mountain bike, I, I felt that you know it wasn't it wasn't that on the roll off. I rode opinion pinion a bit as well, um, which again the. The opinion's better is, you know, it's, it's a frame mounted rather than hub mounted gearbox system. So the weight's in the right place. So the handling isn't particularly impacted on. And it's got a lot of advantages, I guess, in that respect. But it's still, still in my opinion, felt pretty soupy. And I wasn't a big, big fan. But interesting, I've just I've fitted the classified. Um, wheel to my gravel bike so that's a two-speed so I guess like the, the Hammerschmidt was a two-speed crank yeah. um, the classified hub is a two-speed hub and they've, they've just announced one for mountain bikes as well and in its reduction gear so it basically has it's a planetary gear system I believe I don't really know how it works I think it's magic they have a, like a, a one-to-one ratio and then a 0.7 to one ratio and in that 0.7 to one ratio you, you would not know that it's not direct drive it feels incredibly efficient it's like really, it's the most you've been Im- blown away by it haven't you uh, it's, the, it's the most impressive non derailleur based system of gears I've, I've used and it's much better than a front mech on a gravel bike um, i think there's still questions of its sort of applicability if that's a word on a mountain bike but um, as systems go
2: it's pretty cool isn't isn't there going to be the the mountain bike version um it has a cassette and you can have a derailleur on it as well.
1: Yeah, um, so the way it works is that it's a regular hub and there's a cassette mounted on the hub. So you still have... On my gravel bike, I've basically got a 2x12 system yeah. but with, with only a single chainring. Um, and it's the same on the mountain bike one. So you'd still use your regular Shimano or SRAM um, derailleur but you'd use a classified hub because it has a specific mount into the hub. But the, I guess... I mean, on my on my gravel bike, I've gone from a... 1044 cassette, which is like a, I think it's a, a SRAM Force cassette, uh, and I'm running a 1140 um, cassette now on there. So the cassette's a lot lighter, but then I've got the two speed, so I've got a wider range. I've got effectively a
2: 517% gear range, I think it is on there, as opposed nice. to a 440% range. A sweet, a sweet granny gear for climbs when you're fully loaded up. Yeah, you're really low gear.
1: Yeah. Um, and the overall weight difference, if you were taking off a two by to make it into this classified one, is very little. It's added maybe a couple of hundred grams to my bike overall weight because I didn't have a front me- uh, front derailleur and front two rings at the front. But anyway, that's by can the by. You, it's can impressive. Can you remember?
2: System. Can you remember off the top of your head how much how much they cost?
1: Yeah, a lot. Uh, it's quite a lot. Uh, I th- well, they they offer different systems, so you can buy the. I think the hub itself is maybe twelve, thirteen hundred euros. Um like The wheel set, I've got it as a wheel set, so front and rear wheels built into their own carbon rim, and it's maybe two and a half, two six, something like that, which, you know, for a top-end gravel wheel set, carbon wheel set, isn't ridiculous. You could spend that on a normal one. Um, Yeah, yeah, it almost
2: makes that Nikolai with the uh, Lau drivetrain like a bargain, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Arguably,
0: but it is very cross-compatible. But what I would say for that, compared to pretty much every other, uh, uh, maybe... Excluding the Honda, but every other gear hub or gearbox, mm-hmm. this is on a world tour team. Yeah, you know the road, so they're racing it on the road already. Yeah, Victor Campagnacs raced it in one of the classics. Exactly, and you know those guys are pretty reluctant when it comes to change, yeah. right?
1: So the fact that they've embraced this yeah. and are making it work for them, I think speaks volumes. It does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean the, the the shifting performance is ridiculous. It changes gear, and I think they they say it's point zero thousandths uh, of a second so it's basically very very quick gear change it's incredibly it reliable count? yeah i couldn't i couldn't do it, get my stopwatch on it um and you can change gear up to a 1000 watts um so you can be sprinting and change change gear if, if you wanted to um sometimes it makes a bit of a clank like it's not always the smoothest sort of feeling thing but i think that's more the chain and the freehub reacting to that swiftness of change um but anyway from a gravel perspective, I'm I'm blown away. Um, I'd be interested to see how it would work on a mountain bike, but um, time will tell. I guess we're we're not. I don't reckon we're going to see uh, massive
0: changes with that stuff until Tram or no. Shimano embrace no. it. You know, th- they've kind of got the duopoly mm. on that real estate on the frame, and until they say, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to do uh, a gear hub or a, a gearbox. Mm and then everything's going to change. Until that happens, I, I think it will probably stick with the traditional format as we've seen it. And, you know, everyone's still looking to improve that. Obviously, mm. like like I was saying, we've seen the patents from Shimano and, and Shima, uh, SRAM just launched T-Type. So stuff is moving, shif-
1: yeah. shifting. We do right. <laughs> want to derail the status oh. <laughs> 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 but,
0: but until they make a wholesale shift and, and totally
1: buy into that, you know, then. I mean, I think we can ascertain that Sram aren't going to do that anytime soon because they've literally just released a complete rebuild and a complete reimagination of their transmission. Mm. So, like, they're not going to have anything big on the on the, on the horizon in the short term. Otherwise, they, they might not have done all of that.
0: I guess we- so. I think yeah, I think the best place to keep your eye out is on e-bikes mm. and and see what can happen there because, you know, there is that um, space down low. Where the where the motor is already so could they integrate some kind of gearbox in there potentially mm. so maybe we just need to keep our eye on that stuff and and that's where we will see the innovations around those things yeah
2: and all right that's, well, an, that's an interesting sorry just one more very quick point mm. it's, it's kind of interesting what you're saying there Rob because you know SRAM has a massive history previously as SACs, with gearboxes with internal gear hubs mm. um, so you know I mean they've clearly got technology the thoughts the designs the stuff to to do something um and you know sram is due to make a motor i mean i'm I'm not saying they're going to i don't know but it seems like another logical step in Mm. their in their kind of you know arsenal of things that they offer
0: well it's like the only thing that they don't have right now isn't it
2: exactly yeah so you know motor comes first followed by integrated gearbox it kind of makes total sense right
1: we'll all be on honda downhill bike soon please that'd be good (laughs) maybe with modern components and geometry and geometry geometry. Yeah. yeah All right, we'll we'll move on (laughs) to our final question, uh, which is how many times can I use those quick links on my chain? Some say they're reusable, some say they're single use, but I've never broken one. Rob, how many times do you use them?
0: So the correct answer to prevent us getting sued, which is the one we should go for, is that you should only ever use them once. Okay. Because the brands will say that when you release them, you can potentially damage them, whether that's... uh, Um, I don't know, weaken them by twisting them slightly so they don't necessarily sit quite flush as they should. Um, And they recommend, or they they don't recommend, they say, you need to only use those once. So when you take it off, you need to put a new one on. Um, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Me, personally, I have used them. A couple of times. Yeah, Yeah. a couple of times without issue. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I recommend that but mm-hmm. I just have I think if you use a, a decent pair of a decent player of link pliers yeah and you're really careful with how you do it maybe it's okay mm-hmm. that's I mean that's what I've done in the past and it's and it's been all right um, as I said I'm not recommending that <laughs> but, but that is
1: my experience I think we've all done it Al how many yeah. times do you reuse them <laughs>
2: I haven't got enough fingers, mate, to count. <laughs> um, I, I d- just want one little thing. If you are reticent to throw away your your little spit link, but you do want to follow the rules, then um, you could use the one that you've taken off as your emergency get out of jail free card. Yeah. Uh, spit link in your bag, so you've got the new one on your bike. But if your chain snaps elsewhere, you've at least got a secondary one that you've got tape, in your it, pocket. To your tape it to your brake lever. Tape it to the brake lever. Tape it to the
0: brake lever.
2: Pro. What? I don't know this this hack this life hack
0: in the little divot behind your in your brake lever in the, yeah. in the recess behind there you can wedge it in there and you just put a bit of insulating tape around it and it sits in there neatly
2: you've just blown my mind
0: <laughs> yeah if you if you read mbuk yeah it's the sort of thing that gets written in there probably every year
1: i think, Once, I, think yeah. I think it's due actually next issue <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah there you go lovely stuff get a subscription for christmas album. I oh, will do. Yeah, I thought they like six ninety nine for three issues or something, and you get a you get a. So quote
1: like that. Will be people writing in asking for that. Who knows? Check your check your uh, Is that where it still is? Oh, Go on MBUK.com. Go on MBUK.com. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh god. <laughs>
1: Hard You'll find, you'll find your, your subscriptions on there. Sorry, right. don't work in sales.
2: <laughs> P45s are in the post currently. That's it. Out, out we get.
1: All right. Well, we'll leave it all there. So, um, thanks ever so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to share it, give it a five star rating, and pop any questions you have uh, for future tech QAs to. Podcast at bike radar. I, I always say bike radar at podcast.com. If it's the other way around, it's bike radar, it's podcast at bike radar.com. So fire him through there. All right. Well, thanks ever so much, Rob. And thanks very much, Al, for your inputs. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode.